This is the Bad Religion Podcast, episode 25, for Sunday, January 6th, 2008. YouTube. Hello, and welcome to the 25th episode of the Bad Religion Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Mike. I just played a version of The Watchmaker's Dial from the unmastered version of Cold as the Clay that All Mac so kindly uploaded a few months ago. In today's episode, I'm finally going to get back to talking about new maps of hell a bit more, and I'll be getting into some of the interpretations and meanings of the songs. But I'm also going to be playing some of the myriad of covers and interesting videos relating to bad religion that have sprung up on YouTube in the past few months. And no, these won't be the shitty 30-second cell phone clips some kid took of Digital Boy from the middle of the pit at this year's Warp Tour. Instead, the first song I'm going to play is a version of American Jesus from the Go Bang Festival in 1997. One of the interesting things about this song is that at the end, Greg Hetson actually runs over to the microphone to take part in the One Nation Under God part of the song. So make sure to listen for the unusual voice at the end of the song. After that, I'll be playing Land of Competition, which a band played live in 1989 at a show in Los Angeles. Apparently this video is thanks to longtime Bad Religion bootlegger Aki, so thanks to him. I suggest that you guys check this video out, I'll post a link to it on the blog, as there are some hilarious hairstyles going on in the video. 
Jay has his dyed black mullet thing going on, and Graffin actually has hair, which is always funny. Finally, I'll be playing one of the best versions of Voice of God is Government, which comes from one of the best early bootlegs of the band, a performance they did at the Olympic Auditorium in 1984. This is one of the crazier venues, with there being no real division between the crowd and the band. You can see all sorts of dudes in weird tight jeans and leather jackets dancing oddly between the band members. It's sort of surprising no one got knocked over while playing. Alright, so here are American Jesus, Land of Competition, and Voice of God is Government. Here goes.
There's a ton of news to go through because it's been near forever since I last did a regular episode of the show. So, let's start with some of the most recent news. Bed Religion has announced some new tour dates for the west coast of the United States and Germany this spring and summer. Specifically, Bad Religion will be playing shows starting on February 29th and running sporadically through March 29th in Anaheim, Hollywood, and San Diego and Las Vegas. They'll also be playing shows in Germany on June 2nd through 4th. But the band is not doing an entire spring tour because Greg Graffin is once again teaching a class at UCLA. That's a bit of a bummer for some of you in Europe and on the fringes of the west coast of the United States, but hopefully the band will pick up the touring in the fall and hit these places a little heavier. I'll actually be going to the Bad Religion show in Vegas on Saturday, March 29th on a sort of mini vacation. If anyone wants to meet up with me, or, more importantly, has somewhere I can crash on Saturday night, please let me know. My email address is brpodcast at gmail.com. As usual, I'll attempt to record this show. Hopefully, the House of Blues will be as lax in their security as the 930 Club is and won't be searching me for bootlegging devices. It's the least they can do for making me go through Ticket Bastard and paying $17 worth of fucking surcharges. Anyways, speaking of touring, the band's most recent show was at the K-Rock Almost Acoustic uh, Christmas in December. Unfortunately, the band did not play any special holiday songs for the show, like they had when they played in the two previous times, but they did at least add some amusing moments into their regular songs, like when Jay changed the But Now I Really Don't Know section of Digital Boy and do something like But Now Ho 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 Ho. I'm going to be playing a few of these songs at the end of this section, so stay tuned. In other news, there have been some strange developments involving Brett's Twitter and uh, apparent recording of some acoustic versions of Bad Religion songs with Greg and Joe. I'm not entirely sure who Joe is, but Greg is definitely Greg Graffin. I've not yet heard what the plans for these recordings are, but hopefully they'll be released in some form or another soon. Perhaps Brett is finally executing his ephemeral idea of doing an acoustic-style double album to New Maps of Hell, or, more likely, the two recorded some more acoustic-friendly Bad Religion songs. I won't be surprised to see an official acoustic version of Sorrow coming to a record store near you in the future. 
There was also recently a press release stating that Graffin's dissertation has sold 10,000 copies a few weeks ago. While it remains to be seen if 10,000 people have actually read the dissertation, it does speak to the popularity of the band and the message conveyed by Greg that over 10,000 copies of a very academic work could be sold without the aid of a publisher. Uh, the band also uh, was part of a charity auction where they signed a Gibson guitar that got auctioned off on eBay in early December. The guitar went for $2,485, with the money going to the Music Saves Lives charity. Alright, that's pretty much what's been happening in the past few months in the world of Bad Religion. Now... Here are two songs from the K-Rock Almost Acoustic Christmas Show. The first one is God's Love, a song that I'm a little surprised that they still play, as I never thought it was one of the real high points of The Empire Strikes First, but I guess they like playing it, and some people like hearing it. After that will be Struck a Nerve, a song that I hear they play to satisfy the Los Angeles audiences. So, here goes. Up on my hands and time and delicate in its glory And every crack is yelling a deal But you want me to let it grab me When my eyes is blind for a hand It's been to do something rapidly Tell me, tell me where's the love It can't creation When there's no love There's no justice Just a cause of a cure And a body of suffering It seems we all endure and what I'm proud of is that they call God's love. Well, twisted, torn, and make believe there's a truth only on some bits. Believe my eyes, my brain defies to all the interpret. So tell me, tell me where is the love in a girl's creation? What there's no there's no justice, just a cause of a cure And by our suffering, it seems we all endure And what I'm frightened of is that they call God's love I know there's no reason for love But who needs perspective when We can't change our lives It's a better prize But first you've got to tell me Tell me when it's a love It gives me a When there's no fault There's no justice Just a cause for cure And a body of suffering It seems we all endure And what I'm frightened of Is that they come Listen, I'm in on the city bus, home in the candy cane. 
And every single day Christmas This is a million But you wait And it was When there's God Is it in the drink We're doing something When mother in the bowl Is it gonna shop a cigarette And she spent the last dollar On a bottle And bought the boy to her And I guess it's the thunder Like I had this with my eyes You can never get out of sight Like a barren winter day Or a patch of bumblebee Like a tragic real dream I guess it's the thunder Every day I walk through the middle of this position Self-abandonize a burden Realizing very well that I am not alone It's a burden I look to to find out my solution But I think I'm too risky And the way I'm overwhelmed down turns me to stone Oh, oh, and I guess it's for fun Send a murder into my heart Cause I haven't got time to crack the maze Like a magic speeding clock Or a cancer in our cell A collision in the dark I can't sit so harder Those were God's Love and Struck a Nerve from this year's K-Rock Almost Acoustic Christmas. Now, here are my long-promised impressions for the first half of New Maps of Hell. So first off is 52 Seconds. This song is obviously getting at the somewhat common bad religion motifs of the role of religion, man's place in the universe, and the existence of God. It's essentially driven between these two conflicting lines in the chorus, I know I'm part of something greater than myself, and... I don't know anything when I'm factored out to scale. That first line gets at Brett's reluctance to definitively state that there is no God, and that the meaning of life is that there is no meaning besides chemical duplication. And yet, the second line contradicts the first line, stating that even if there is something out there, 
and is important. On a cosmological scale, the narrator's life is so insignificant that it essentially is meaningless. The verse in the song tries to get at what is driving the narrator to have these Blenderhead-esque questions. A monkey with a matting affliction refers to Darwin the Darwinian idea that humans descended from some form of ape, a theme that you'll see come up again in the similar song, Murder. That matting affliction, I believe, is the sense that I suspect almost every human gets that asks that first question proposed by the narrator, that he doesn't know what the meaning of his life is, but he just knows that there is something to it. And yet throughout the rest of the verse, like the second statement proposed in the chorus, and yet throughout the rest of the verse, like the second statement in the proposed chorus, uh, the narrator is getting at his worry that science or fact-checking is driving him in the opposite direction. Uh, the next song is Heroes and Martyrs. This is a really obtuse song. The one word that stands out to me in this song is poet. I've always seen Brett as something of the poet in the band, and I can't help but feel he's referencing himself in the line, summoning both poet and thrall. But beyond that, all I get out of this song is the surface impression of it being about military service. Uh, next up is Germs of Perfection. To me, this is a song about genetic engineering and human progress. The first line, lacerate, eviscerate, and perforate and mutilate, evokes something of a mad scientist feel to it. That's the direction that I believe Graffin, who wrote the song, takes the rest of the song. The title, Germs of Perfection, in the song, are the products of this genetic engineering taking a mechanical, removed approach to what had been growing naturally. The one line in this song that probably really expresses the narrator's thoughts on the issue is, Sing the fears of history with renewed inflection, where he's expressing the disregard that these mad scientists have for the concerns of the past. They're putting a new tune on what's acceptable and proper without necessarily thinking it through. Okay, so after that, the fourth track on the album is New Dark Ages. I believe it was Greg who described the song as getting at the living in the apocalypse nature of many modern people. Getting plucked clean out of sight clearly refers to the righteous getting raptured into immaculate ejaculate in space, i.e. going to heaven and sitting with God. Overall, the song is bitterly sarcastic, especially in the bridge where the singer mentions that we're animals with golden rules, showing that while he recognizes the similarities in empirical evidence connecting man to the natural world, he still insists on a set of special irrational ideas that will result in the imminent rapture. This kind of the-end-is-near thinking is something that both Greg and Brett are criticizing in this song. Next up on the album is Requiem for Descent. This is a relatively straightforward song mourning the loss of descent. The narrator is trying to figure out what has caused descent and the questioning of authority to seemingly fade away, hence the Requiem, which is essentially a fond remembrance of a deceased person or, in this case, a concept. To put this song in context, I sort of feel that it's getting at the post-election punk scene. There was a massive effort in the scene to vote Bush out of office, what with the whole Rock Against Bush and punk voter projects. But once they failed, the resistance, or dissent, has sort of faded away into the background. In some ways, the song could be getting at the fact that the band itself uh, has also stepped back on the anti-Bush rhetoric, as Jay and multiple other people mentioned in interviews. The idea that one must always be contrary maybe is an idea that Greg is not entirely comfortable with. Next up is Before You Die. This appears to be a song about getting older. 
The first verse with decaying and sands of time obviously is getting at time passing, while other images in this evoke memories of days in the past. Numbers don't lie. It gets at the fact that the subject is not getting younger. Also, going on in the song is the conflicts of beliefs of sorts. Eternity can't ever change your mind is getting at the subject's rejection of the afterlife, and at the same time, the narrator keeps questioning the subject as to whether there was a purpose to it all. Perhaps the subject finds his purpose in thinking before he dies, i.e. discovering more about the universe and more about the world around you is a way to counteract this feeling of emptiness. Uh, after that is Honest Goodbye. Brett indicated on the brpage.net's news comment area that this is a song about Truman Capote's work in Cold Blood. In fact, his whole quote, which is easily accessible thanks to the Answer Wiki, which you can find a link to at this podcast blog, brpodcast.blogspot.com, went like this. Quote, The song is about Perry Smith, who is portrayed by Capote as a sympathetic psychopathic killer. Quite a paradox. The song asks how a man with seemingly gentle sensibilities can commit brutal, heinous deeds. As to the many other questions about the word transubstantiation, I simply meant to invoke Perry's early training in Catholicism and the contrast between the profane, knuckle-cracking nuns and the sacred receiving the Eucharist and the possibility that these conflicting messages contributed to make uh, the makeup of the man that he became." End quote. And the final song that I'll be describing in this episode is Dearly Beloved. This song is at one level telling the straightforward story of a man who stopped believing in God or subscribing to the doctrine of the church. The dearly beloved in this case would be the remaining members of the church who are no longer meaningful to the man in the song. Because he got this crazy notion in his head, this man, who seems to have been an independent thinker even before he publicly announced, I can't relate to you, can no longer deal with those that continue to believe. The bridge, with the whole grab-yourself-a-neighbor's skeleton to lean upon, seems to be describing the ostracism and severance that occurred. Interestingly, the narrator seems to have a hint of remorse for what's going on. Either he in some way believes that what the man is saying, or at least feels bad about the process. So in the next episode, I'll be talking about the rest of the songs and I'll also be getting at some of the overarching themes of the album that I seem to think are there, but probably aren't, but whatever. All right, let's get back into the music. First up, as a relatively rare song, Pity the Dead from The Grey Race. I was not aware that this song was actually captured on tape, but thanks to the magic of YouTube, it was preserved in some show the band played around 1996. Listen for some pretty good background vocals for, from Brian at the end of this song. I suspect one of the reasons that they don't play it too much anymore is that those vocals seem like they would be hard to hit consistently. Anyways, the video apparently comes from the Come Join Us blog, or at least was posted by that blog, which I believe is a French Bad Religion fan site. Even if it wasn't you guys who originally recorded it, Thanks for uploading it to YouTube, although no thanks for the two different rectal face videos. Ugh. Anyways, uh, after that will be a live rendition of The Empire Strikes First, a song the band hasn't actually played too much, despite it being the namesake of the second most recent album by the band. 
This comes from a show that the band did in Hanover in 2004 during the early promotion of the album, and I think that was the only stretch of time in which they actually played this song live. So here goes.
So those were Pity the Dead and The Empire Strikes First. Let's now move into the listener interaction section of the show with a return to the song guessing contest. Here are the answers from episode 22. Number one. All right, that was Slaves. Number two. That was Change of Ideas. Number three. That was Chimera. Number four. That was Submission Complete. Number five. And that was Victims of the Revolution. Instead of doing a new batch of clips this week, Mark sent in a good idea for a new version of the listener interaction section. So, what I'm going to do is read a few very small sections of lyrics from songs, and you'll have to match them to the Bad Religion song. This one's a little easier to cheat on, I guess, so if you're lame enough to do this, have fun using the Google. Okay, here are the lyrics. Number one is Our Lonesome Hero. Number two is Strong and Scholarly. Number three is Neither Color or Creed. Number four is Form and Tracing. Number five is Living's Expensive. So what you want to do is tell me what song those lyrics come from and send them my way at brpodcast at gmail.com. And uh, just one more time, in case you didn't get them the first time, number one is Our Lonesome Hero. Number two is Strong and Scholarly. Number three is Neither Color or Creed. Number four is Form and Tracing. And number five is Living Expensive. And once again, send them to me at brpodcast at gmail.com. And while you're thinking, I think it might just be time for some... Not-So-Bad Religion Banter! That's right, it's time for another exciting installment of Not-So-Bad Religion Banter. The segment of the show where I play riveting and side-splitting inner song banter from Graffin and the rest of the band. In keeping with the YouTube theme of today's episode, the upcoming banter comes from a Warped Tour stop in Calgary this summer that someone posted, unsurprisingly, on YouTube. Let's take a listen. Thank you so much! It's great to be back here at the 2007 Warp Tour, kicking off the festivities this week, this weekend here in Calgary. I know most of you are really just gearing up for the cowboy party that's going on a few miles from here. Fuck that! They stole my buttless chaps. We're, <laughs> we're great. We're really honored to have uh, to, be able to, chaps. to be able to kick off that weekend. But you'll have to forgive us, we're a little bit uh, foreign to that kind of a, a scene, you know. For instance, I didn't even see Brokeback Mountain. I don't know about you guys. Love is back. Man, it is hot out there. This must be some kind of a record for Calgary. I feel bad for you guys because the sun is right in your eyes and we are up here in the shade and it's really quite nice up here. It's not that nice. That's true because we have to look at all your ugly faces. But other than that, we right, right usually have the shows put okay. that nice. you don't have to see you guys. You file your complaints to post office box 157 right there. One, one out of five of you is actually very pleasant. So. Great graphing, everybody. Anyways, for this special YouTube episode, we'll be playing a whole bunch of covers posted on the site for the Pretenders section of the show. First up is not a bad religion song, but rather a Ramones song, Sheena is a Punk Rocker. This version features CJ and Marky Ramone, Tim Armstrong, Eddie Vedder, 
and Daniel Ray, along with Brett Gerwitz, at the Ramones 30th anniversary show on December 9th, 2004. I was almost tempted to play one of those droning debates about the nature of God by some dude staring in front of his camera that comes up all the time on every bad religion search you do on YouTube, but instead I'll play a version of Sorrow done by Anthony Ranieri of the band Bayside after Sheena is a punk rocker. And after that will be a version of Live Again by Jack Hansen, who you might know as a guy who records bad religion covers in front of a hockey jersey hanging in his attic. He's done a bunch of different covers, and some of them are pretty good, so it might be worth your while to search YouTube for them. But for our purposes, I'll just be playing Live Again. So here are Sheena is a Punk Rocker, Sorrow by Anthony Ranieri, and Live Again by Jack Hansen. Here goes.
Yeah. 
It looks like episode 25 of the Bad Religion podcast is drawing to a close. Thanks to everybody for listening and waiting so long for this episode. I'll try to get the next one done in a shorter period of time, but I can't make any promises as my life continues to be pretty busy. Anyways, before the show ends, I'll be playing a few more treasures from the wide world of YouTube. First up will be a version of Prove It that was apparently put on the Warped Tour 2002 DVD. I didn't actually know that such a DVD existed, but this seems legit as the sound is very good. The video would be pretty good too if they didn't screw up the ratios on the YouTube upload, but that's another issue. After that will be a live version of Frogger from 1988. I played a version of Frogger before on this podcast, but it was a different version, so um, enjoy. Finally will be a live version of Along the Way that the band apparently played at Metro Rock in Madrid in 2007. I had not realized that the band had played this song since the Empire Strikes First tour, but apparently they snuck it in under the radar, or at least under my radar. Seems like maybe this was prompted by audience reaction after an encore or something, which would be pretty cool, but I don't know if that's actually the case. Anyways, remember to check out the blog, brpodcast.blogspot.com, and that you can also email me at brpodcast at gmail.com. I'll see you guys next time.
listen to the podcast.